Well, hello there. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks for giving us a download today. You know, this is a celebratory show, a big celebration, in fact. If you go to your grocery store or bookstore and you happen to pick up a copy of the newest Forks Over Knives magazine, go ahead and open that up. Look for the article on top plant-based podcasts. Lo and behold, when you do, you will see that this very show is at the top of that list. And we are there because of you, because of the downloads and the fact that you listen and then you take it and you share it with somebody else and then they share it. We are on track for a million downloads in our first year, which is extraordinary. We cannot thank you enough. And it's not just about a million. Yeah, that's a nice number. But that million, it quantifies how much knowledge we are helping to put out there. We're helping to educate people about the effects of a plant-based diet on reversing heart disease, reversing type 2 diabetes, lowering your risk of cancer, reducing your risk of Alzheimer's disease, increasing your life expectancy, all of these great, tremendous things that are associated and come with the plant-based diet. That message is getting spread out because of people like you who are listening right now, and we cannot thank you enough. If you have not already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever it is that you're listening. Maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe and then leave us a five-star rating and a nice comment, a nice review. That is how we climb up the iTunes charts and get even more subscribers and help get that message out even further. That's what we want to do. We want to educate and encourage and enlighten as many people as we possibly can. So I said that this week's show is one that we have not done before, and that's very true. I went out to dinner with the gentleman who was my inspiration for adopting a plant-based diet, and that gentleman and myself, we took a couple of microphones with us. And so that's what you're going to hear tonight. You're going to hear our conversation over dinner at Cafe of India in Washington, D.C. This place was absolutely tremendous. Highly recommend it. If you're ever in the nation's capital, check out Cafe of India. It's right up the street from our podcast studio and the Barnard Medical Center. Amazing food, plenty of vegan options on the menu, and the nicest staff you could ever possibly ask for. So this gentleman is Austin Aries. That's my inspiration. He is a professional wrestler. He's wrestled for WWE. He's wrestled at WrestleMania. And he's currently the Impact Wrestling Champion. And he's also collecting belts all over the world. He is one of the top professional wrestlers on the planet right now. This guy is massive in the wrestling industry. But what makes him unique, why I wanted to have him on the show, why I wanted to take him out to dinner, is because he grew up in Wisconsin, which is the dairy capital of America. If you don't know Wisconsin, what you need to know is they love their dairy so much that they walk around with cheese on their heads. Think about that. Cheese on their heads. If you ever turn on a football game, you see the Green Bay Packers are playing, look in the stands. You're going to see people with wedges of cheddar right on top of their dome. It is quite the sight. 
So that's where he's from. And yet somehow he still found the plant-based diet, did some research. And wouldn't you know that now he turned 40 this year and he's still wrestling as if he were in his 20s. He is at the top of his game. And everywhere he travels across the world, he's helping to bring that message of the plant-based diet and the health benefits that come with it. He wants to get involved more in this arena and I thought that having him on the show would be a tremendous outlet for him. And to share his story, it's remarkable. So now, please, I hope that you're hungry. Here now is our invitation out to dinner. Well, this is a real treat, man. I appreciate you taking the time doing a little exam room podcast taping oh, on man. location. Table for two. It is. <laughs> well, no, it what is a, a concept. Ta- we should, I, oh. uh, interesting. Well, I, I, see, I see we have another guest there. Maybe that could be a table for three. Uh, yeah. Look at that thing. Well, I mean, we did bring that bring that by just to show off. I mean, yeah. We could yeah. serve dinner on that. That's a platter That's right nice, there. That's right, huh? Yeah, it's a little heavy, too. Eight pounds? Nine pounds? Yeah, yeah. It's it's actually it's it's probably the heaviest championship title I've won, to be honest. Wow. It's even a little heavier than the, than the former version of this. So, um, just keep hoping it was uh, vegan chocolate when I unwrapped it, but it's not. No such I, luck. No, I tried. I bit into it a couple times. No, how'd that work out for you? Not good. Not too well. Uh, Austin Aries is the guest. In case you uh, you haven't recognized the voice or seen the face here just yet, uh, coming all the way from Vegas, dragging that belt, and I think you brought a couple others in your bag, didn't you? Uh, yeah, there's a couple in there. You know, actually, you know what? I, I left them home. They, they got the weekend off. They get, okay. they get lugged around. I thought Impact Championship stepped up and said it would take on the full duty this weekend. The other ones got to kind of hang out poolside. So, right on. Got to do it. Got to rotate them. You don't want to. You know, you don't want to you know, run them into the ground, chew them up, and spit them out. Why would you want to do that to anybody? No, no, no. Can't run them ragged. Nah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, coming all the way out here from Vegas. The thing that I like about you, and I've known you. For a few years now, you used to come on another show that I did with the football it's, player. Yeah, it's actually probably more than a few years now. Six, getting seven, eight. Jeez, getting Louise, close. Man. Yeah. We're getting old. Old, man. I found some yeah. gray hair this week. Um, vintage. Vintage. Coming vintage. But you've been plant-based a lot longer than I have. I right. mean, you, you made the switch how many years ago now? I was just thinking about that today, man. 18 years I cut the meat out, right? Wow. So that's a long time. And, uh, and then the last seven and a half Went completely plant-based, cut the dairy, the eggs, all the other byproducts out that, you know, until you start looking for them, you're not aware of. Right. right? Gelatin. You know, uh, some of the food coloring made of, you know, bugs. Right. Yeah, don't want that. Cockatiels. Is that 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 natural flavor? Is that what that is? Natural flavoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. hey, sawdust is natural. Of course Natural flavoring. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Isn't it, though? Yeah. But, yeah, so it's, it's, it's cool that... You know, now 18 years since I kind of started my journey uh, to see where, where the overall community's gone and the overall awareness, and now it's almost becoming hip and trendy now, you know, plant-based, vegan. These things are almost becoming cool in a way, and, and there's a real movement right now, and I think the movement isn't, isn't so much that it's trendy, but that, it, that there's something behind it, that when people try it, even if it's for the trendy reason, they feel and see the results, and they go, well, wait a minute. Right. I mean, that's all I had to do. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's, for me, that was my journey. Like, wait a second. Like, all, all I had to do is not be eating all the foods they were telling me to eat my whole life. Right. That's all. That's just all. Just rethink everything. Just all. Just deprogram and completely re- reprogram. But that's what I tell people. It's you got to deprogram and reprogram. 
And that's hard for people because nobody wants to think everything they think they know is complete BS and that they've been misled and lied to. But I, I would think that that would be especially difficult coming from a piece of America where you do. I mean, you come from the dairy capital yeah. of the U.S. in Wisconsin. Right. And here you are. You decide to not only cut out meat. I mean, that's sacrilegious as it is, killing brats. Right. But now you made the decision also to eliminate dairy. I mean, what is Thanksgiving like now at the Aries household? I guess Thanksgiving is just real compassionate, uh, but 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 it ain't much different. And again, the cool thing is with with the the plant based movement being where it is is you don't have to do without. Right. You know, to, there's three or four or five different mock turkeys that give you uh, if if you want to you know celebrate or not feel left out of the of the uh, the turkey eating, you can have a mock turkey and have some tofurkey or you know gardein or any of these different brands that make it field roast. Um, you know, you can make all these different dishes. That you can make stuffing without animal products. You can make pumpkin pie, cranberries. I mean, you can have literally everything. You just have to look at it differently and, and seek out different alternatives. But, I mean, I've been to a couple now the last few years. Uh, well, I, last couple years I've been in Australia for Thanksgiving, so that's been different altogether because I've been working. Do they even have Thanksgiving no, in Australia? of course it's, not. So it's just a Thursday then? Yeah, it's completely, like, not really being celebrated. Just like Black, like Black Friday. I was over right. for Black Friday, like, not quite a thing over there, sure. which was amazing. People weren't trampling over each other for uh, cheap, you know, you know, idiot box TVs at, at the Walmart, you know, because <laughs> oh, we need to be in, we need to be programmed better in 3D, right? Uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, but uh, no, I've been to a couple like gatherings where it's just been vegan Thanksgivings, and the spreads have been out of this world amazing, you know. That- and the only difference is when we get done stuffing ourselves for like an hour. Nobody passes out lethargic from the tryptophan. Like, we're all still, like, ready to go. Right. We're ready for seconds. Somehow or another, it seems like every couple of weeks it comes up on this podcast is that there have been studies done that research the mood between omnivores and vegans and vegetarians. And they find, by and large, people who omit meat from their diets are happier people. And so then it's not a leap to assume, then, that a vegan Thanksgiving is a happier table. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I like, though, well, no, hold on. Let's, let's circle back. <laughs> let's, let's circle back here because I'm curious, though. Wisconsin. Yeah, man. Obviously, so it's, a lot of people are kind of gravitating toward a plant-based diet now. But 18 years ago, that wasn't the case. No. And so you, you decide to do this again in Wisconsin. Like one of the OGs. I mean, did that eyebrow yeah. just, like, raise so far out of, like, people's, you know, well, that their heads just, like, flew back? Yeah, so the thing was, it wasn't until I got out of my bubble and went off to college, and then from there, actually, once I kind of realized college wasn't my thing, I started traveling the rest of the country and, and hanging out with different types of people Right. that I was really exposed to it, you know? I don't know that if I would have stayed in my 10-mile radius where I grew up, if I would have ever transitioned. And that's why I was, you know, I always tell people one of the greatest things that being a professional wrestler has done for me is it's given me the ability to travel not just the country, but the world and gave me so many different perspectives of how life can be, you know, and that the way it is doesn't necessarily mean the way it should be or has to be. Right. And that's the same with our diet. So, um, yeah, the cheese was the hardest thing to give up, right, being from Wisconsin. My, my grandparents had a farm. I talk about it in my book that really one of the seeds that were planted for me in my, in my journey was at a young age feeding grass to the cow through the fence and, and, and having this moment. We had this, like, this moment together where we're looking in each other's eyes and... The realization of this is a living, breathing, feeling, thinking creature. I may not be able to communicate with it verbally, but it feels and thinks the same as I do. There's something behind those eyes, right? right? And 
you know, I, it was this moment at an early age and then was disrupted by, hey, dinner's ready. And then again, we went over and we're having brats and burgers and I made the connection and it didn't feel right. Right. You know, and if you really think about it, there's great lengths taken to disconnect us from the reality of what our food is and where it comes from. We don't call it by its real name. Again, we go to we go pick pumpkins, but we don't go and you know pick pork chops sure. as they're being as they're being made. Yeah. No. And so that was a seed that was planted at an early age that kind of got repressed because you eat what's on your plate if you want dessert. Right. Of course. So, but as I grew as I grew older and I started being exposed to different mindsets and people who who challenged me with questions like, well, red meat and pork's not really good for you. And that was another seed that was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I mean, I know cake's not good for me. Right. But what do you mean? Like bacon, like bacon's delicious. <laughs> um, yeah. And so all these seeds got planted when I started making my own decisions and really I've, I've what I call overactive brain syndrome. I think about stuff too much. <laughs> and, uh, and when I could no longer disconnect and put my head back in the sand, it was really easy to make that transition. Talking about that transition, though, so many people... You do it one of two ways going plant-based. You either have this epiphany in the middle of the night and right. that's it and you go hardcore right then and yep. there and you dive like right into the whole, f- the whole food plant-based diet yep. or you kind of dip your toe in the sure. water, you go plant-based and then you eventually your diet becomes more and more wholesome over right. time. What was that transition like for you? Well, what was yours? Because I'm like curious because I think ours was different. Uh, <laughs> Yours wasn't as gradual as mine was. No, Yours, no. You had that moment, Overnight, that epiphany man. moment. Yeah. You, you, you so were, were the epiphany, though. That was the thing. That's the cool part. So I'll, I'll tell this story, you know, for the benefit of those who, who don't already know it. I, you know, one of my other jobs in life is to cover professional wrestling for a major media outlet. And I had the privilege of speaking to you one day, and, and um, you were telling me, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you lose lost a whole lot of weight. You're a health guy. You, should, you really check out this, this documentary called What the Hell? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, let me file that away. I'll make note. You know, talked a little bit more. Talked probably wrestling. Yeah, okay, so what are you going to eat for dinner? Wonderful. Okay, interviews in the bag. Great. That next day, pop on Netflix. What the hell? That was it. Yeah. That was it. Never touched Fish, chicken, dairy, none of it. All gone. Like, just hardcore right away, man. And, and you'd, you'd already gone so far in your journey at that point. Right. And this is the question I get asked a lot that I want to ask you, because you'd already come so far. When you made that switch, what kind of changes and differences you see from that point on? Because people say, well, you already lost so much weight. Like, did you really notice much of a difference? Well, a couple things. One, uh, I lost 10 more pounds. I didn't even realize I was carrying around like 10 pounds of baby fat on me, but I was. Two, uh, I didn't realize that my cholesterol could have been a little bit lower than it was. Sure. And man, that thing plummeted. Like, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously having maxed out at 420 pounds Insane. versus where I was at, at 155, Which, that, that's a huge difference, that 265-pound that difference. Of course you're going to feel better at 155. Absolutely. And I thought that I was at optimum <clears throat> health. You know, sure. I was running. I was pretty active. Right. No. Yeah. You make that difference. And I went from just being like Joe Runner to feeling like Carl friggin' Lewis. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, I was out there, man. Sure. Like, I was ready to go. And like my body stopped hurting yeah. and I had so much more energy. Didn't, again, realize that I was even sluggish until I made that change. And then the mental clarity came with it. It was like a whole thing that happened very, very quickly. Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. Yeah. And sure enough. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and so my, and mine was a complete different progression, you know. Uh, and, and to your point, you know, a lot of people don't realize how 
<clears throat> unhealthy or lethargic or, you know, that they're operating at 75% of what they could be. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, they're doing pretty good in life. Oh, I'm pretty healthy. I run. I exercise. I eat pretty good. I hear this one all the time. I eat pretty good. Right. Most people don't know what pretty good is. Like, right. pretty good's not good enough. Because right. you're not, if you're not reading labels, it ain't pretty good. Right. Um, but, yeah, but the difference, um, they, they don't even realize until they make the switch. Again, I was a cigarette smoker earlier, in, you know, from, like, age 15 to 21. Mm-hmm. And I was also an athlete. Right, but it wasn't until I kicked the cigarettes that I didn't realize how much difference it would, had made in just my cardiovascular, but my taste buds, my breathing, everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think with this, it's a lot of the same ways. When you make that switch, you just realize, oh wow, it's a whole other level that I wasn't even understanding I could operate at. Right. And, uh, but I didn't have the epiphany moment. I had the transition. I had I had all these different seeds planted, and and this thing that was sitting down here that just didn't it didn't feel right. Right. You know, for, I would say at its core for me, the idea of eating other animals just isn't really appetizing. It just isn't my thing. When I was exposed to fishing as a kid, it it didn't feel right. When I was exposed to hunting as a kid, it, I had no interest. Like I just don't have any interest hurting or taking other lives uh, right. unless I'm being paid to, of course, in the wrestling ring. Completely, completely different. Completely different. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to injure them, or you know, I'm just trying to beat them. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all. Yeah, that's all. Um, after after the competition's done, I'd you know gladly buy them a veggie burger. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so so I think you know I, I came to this point where I did some traveling. I was posed a few questions that made me think some more. I was. I, I remember we were driving through Texas, and of course, in Texas, you're bound to come across one of these huge. Uh, factory farming facilities, and it was the first time I ever seen it. And let me tell you, it was nothing like my grandma and grandpa's farm. Right. I was feeding you know grass to the cow. Right. And this is where I started putting the connection of like where this food's really coming from, and what is it really doing? Like, and it's just so the more information I got, you know, I got got interested, and I started learning more, and then I started wrestling. So now I had to go from. I grew up an athlete who, when I went to college, lived off of Domino's and Arby's and $4 all you can drink and the cafeteria food, which my favorite dish was their greasy chili spoon on top of grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm telling you, this is what I was eating. It's delicious. Um, right? Peak physical condition. Peak physical condition, <laughs> right? That's what, that's what I'm paying them to feed me. It's right. in the cafeteria, of course. Right. Why would they, they wouldn't feed me bad stuff. They wouldn't feed me bad stuff in the cafeteria no, college. They're here to educate and help me. Never. Uh, so... Getting off of that, I had to now, I got to get in shape. You know, I'm, I'm be a professional wrestler. I got to put some size on. I got to put some muscle on. So I need to eat chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Lots <laughs> but of I'm it. Poor. Protein. Protein. I'm poor. Protein. You know, I'm, I'm giving plasma twice a week to, you know, help pay my dues. And giving plasma. Twice Google a week. That one. Google, Google that, that one. Google that one. $55 a year plasma yeah. twice a week living uh-huh. on my buddy's couch. Now guys set up a GoFundMe to pay for their, the, I want to be a wrestler. Go fund me. <laughs> oh, go get plasma. How about that? <laughs> so fantastic so i'm buying like the cheapest bag of you know chicken breast you can get which i'm sure which mind you does not come from one chicken oh, that is pressed not. from like tens of thousands of chickens together so just don't think that's like the breast of one chicken you're eating mm-hmm. so i'm cooking these all up to, to pre-make them one day and you know i thought them all out and i'm making them i'm just looking at this and this is smell and the look and and I'm, the, the, the dots and the reality and i just I can't do it anymore. No. I'm done. No. And so I transitioned, um, which I think now, and I, it's not, it's not the end of the journey, but for me, it was the beginning of mine. And this is where I try to teach people. I went right to the mock meets. 
right? I went to, well, I can have these fake meat breakfast sausages and, and hot dogs, and it's got protein, and it was a start. Now, eventually I learned when I started learning more about food awareness and reading ingredients that as you read these ingredients, you realize, well, this stuff isn't very good for me either. Right. And so, but, but it's a starting point. And you realize that you don't go from eating all these things you love because you were programmed to love them. Sure. Because we love flavors. We don't of love course. meat. It's flavors. Right. I love A1 steak sauce. Right. I put that in a portobello, I'm good. The Big Mac, the beef patty is the least important ingredient. It's the special sauce, lettuce, cheese, and pickle onion, all the rest of the stuff. That when you put that combination of flavors together, it's just like barbecue. The man knows his jingles. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, try ordering a Big Mac at McDonald's in America without the beef patty. It's been easier to do in broken Japanese in Japan than any time I've tried it over here. Wow. They can't comprehend why you would want to buy a Big Mac without the beef patty. Hold the cheese too. Yeah, well, this is when I was vegetarian. Gotcha. Right? Before I made, yeah, but I, I used to when I was vegetarian in Japan. I learned how to order Big Mac without no niku, no no meat, tomato no instead, niku. and had no issue. And I tried over it here in my native tongue, and they just wait, what? Huh? Wait, so you, wait a minute. You don't want no beef? <laughs> wait, wait. So you want tomato? You don't want no beef? Oh, that's gonna be more expensive. No. Well, what? what well, that's. A, <laughs> yeah. A lot of times it is. I actually called Taco Bell corporate once because back when I was vegetarian, again, we're talking about the progression and the transition. Yeah. When I moved to Philadelphia to start working for Ring of Honor, when I was apartment hunting, one of the uh, deciding factors in the place I, I got was, well, the gym is right there, my bank is right there, and Taco Bell is right there because the seven-layer burritos were my thing. Bro, As a vegetarian. I know, I know that call. Right? I know that call. Now, you couldn't. You'd have to pay me a lot to probably drive into a Taco Bell and order something, Couldn't right? Couldn't pay me enough. Could not pay, could not me, pay enough. me enough. You know, well, you could. Let's be honest. You could, you, you could pay me enough to eat some Taco Bell. That's all you But it, it'd be a lot. Uh, but yeah, man, that was... That was the, so I would always order the, the uh, chalupa, but I'd get uh, rice instead of beef. Uh-huh. And they'd always upcharge me like 50 cents. That makes no sense. Zero cents. So finally, I, and, and when I try, you're trying to have a conversation with this person, you forget it. Something's called call corporate. So you have to explain to me why when I make this order, I get charged more. Because the only explanation is that your beef is such low quality that your rice is actually more expensive than your beef. And rice is like as cheap as it comes. So sure. I don't want to know how bad your beef is. And uh, that wasn't, it was, well... Basically, the explanation was we hire people too stupid at the counter to know to push the right button, uh, so they make it a specialty order and upcharge you because they, they're not capable enough to be able to put it in the computer the right way. Right. So we just got to charge you more. Right. Of course. But yeah, it's amazing. So it can be really difficult even at times to, to try to work yourself around the uh, corporate food system. That corporate foods. But it's all about the progression. And, and again, there's no end game. As I tell people, there's no end game. And it's not about being perfect. No. It's about being aware and mindful. So you're talking about Taco Bell. I completely oh, understand, like, setting up shop by the Taco Bell. I, I, I think I've told you this story. That was my addiction. Was yeah. You know, I, of course I would go to other places, but I, a day would not go by that I did not go through that drive-through wow. and order twenty dollars worth of food. Sure, I mean twenty dollars, mm-hmm. and you know as well as I oh, do yeah. the prices on that menu. Sure, and this was ten years ago now. Yeah, so oh yeah, I'm telling you, like and you're ordering off the, the ninety-nine cent thing. You're ordering twenty of them. Austin, 
I, I would literally, when I would try to go on diets, I would make it through nights two and three, and then by that time, like, I would be in cold sweats and just angry because I was trying sure. to detox off of it. And right. it just, it was the most horrific experience in my life. And I would wind up sneaking out in the middle of the night to get my fix when I was on and these diets. And for you, so right. you're good. And, but, but see, but I didn't want to let anybody down. Right. I didn't want them to know. But that, you know, at the end of the day, the only person you let down was yourself. Oh, and of that, course. And that perpetuates that behavior of because course. then you feel worse about yourself and then you go to fix it, right? Of course. Well, luckily here, Cafe of Here Indian, he is. We've, we've got healthier Hello, fare, sir. Oh, I'm so excited. I like to try the lentil soup. I'm not sure about you, Chuck, but that appeals to me. Sure. I'm going to go with the chana curry. Okay. And I'll go with the dal. Okay. Taka dal? Or- yes, yes. Sure. And also, I want to also try the, uh, the biryani. Thank you, sir. Wonderful. Thank you. Where were we? The, the call of the bell, running for the border in mm. the middle of the night. That's a yeah. thing. That's a real thing, man. It really is. And that, that's the hardest part. And understanding that, you know... When you start talking about these huge corporate food entities, that you have to understand they have enormous amounts of resources are spent to make you have withdrawals from their food, right. to make you addicted to that. They know the human makeup and what we're predispositioned to seek out, which is fats, sugars, and salts. Yep. They prey on that, and they offer that, you know, supersize you. They're more than happy to give oh, you more do. of this bad stuff for, for a little right. less money because right. it's going to keep you coming back. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But, again, the, the progression. And so for me, as, as I kept educating myself, I realized, like, that was, another, you know, that was a good first step of getting off meat, and that helped me get off meat. But, but as I progressed, like, that, that's no longer a good option. Right. There's, there's much better options. I would say Chipotle is about the only type of fast food I eat because they offer the vegan uh, sofritas, which For is sure. tofu. For and, sure. and they are using non-organic quality ingredients compared to the, the, the rest of the competitors. But I, I will say this. I always worry when I tell that story that people will hear it and they'll think, well, gosh, you know, if I, if I can't go to Taco Bell, if I can't go here, if I can't go there, I'm not even going to attempt it. Mm-hmm. Even as much of a struggle as I have with that, we're talking about a progression. Sure. If you're not a person who is comfortable going cold tofu mm-hmm. overnight, yeah, yeah. baby step it. Sure. Do what you need to do and just kind of gradually work yourself up yep. to the level that you're at, the yep. level that, that I'm at now. You know, it doesn't have to be overnight. And that's the thing that people... It- they lose. They think it's going to be too hard, and therefore they never start. Right. It very rarely happens overnight. And I and you know, in my message, I talk about progression because it's what worked for me. But I also talk about not setting yourself up for failure. When you when you set yourself up for an all or nothing approach, people go, you know what? I'm going to try to go vegan for two weeks. I said, you know, tell you what, why just try try to have a vegan meal once a day for two weeks, right. or pick a day out of the week to go vegan for the next two months. Give yourself, give yourself an opportunity to be successful before you give yourself the opportunity to fail. Because most people, when they don't do it, and they fail, because after the third day, oh, I went and had the chocolate donut, and I know, you know, then they, then they just quit. Right. Because they failed. Right. Well, don't put yourself in that position. It's not about all or nothing. It's about, it's about people say, is, it, is this hard? I said, the hardest part is saying, what I put in my body when it comes to my diet is now, is now something I'm going to take from this this place in my priority list and put it to the top because things that are on the top of your priority list you're more willing to spend your resources on which is your time your money and your energy but a lot of people when it comes to food what are the first thing they say well it's so expensive 
Well, but if it's, if it's your priority, like you don't go get the cheapest car you can possibly find or sure. the, cheapest, the cheapest house or what's sure. the cheapest pair of shoes I can find. You find the things with the most value for what you can afford. So, but if you put that on the top of your priority list, now you're going to put more time. I'm going to actually cook now. I'm going to put more time, allocate more of my time because it's important to me. I'm going to prepare when I go on the road and pack some stuff so I don't put myself in a position to have to go eat Taco Bell at one in the morning. Right. It's a priority. That's the hardest part. Once you make it a priority, the rest is easy because now you've accepted that this is the most important thing in my life, not the least important. Right. But we've been coached and educated to think that somehow... Food is the least important decision we make. It's more important what hair gel you put in or what shirt you pick or what car you get into than what you put in your body. It's amazing to me. And, and <clears throat> when, we do this, uh, when we do this event tomorrow night, I had an idea of just handing everybody there um, a glass of, of something. Okay. And just say, hey, let's all have a drink. All right, everyone drink up. And watch me just drink it without knowing what was in that cup. That's but a, we do it every day. That, we okay, eat stuff true. every day and we don't have an idea what's in there because we don't read the ingredients list. We just assume that they're not going to poison us. Well, here, let me just give you this. Eat it. Drink it. If someone came up to you in the street and said, here, just eat this. Here, it's free. Here, just drink this. It's free. Would you? We said, what, what's the first thing you would say? Get out of my face. What would you, the first thing you'd want to ask? What is it? Yeah. What's in it? But yet we, we're, we are, again, programmed to never ask that question. Because if we knew it was in it, we wouldn't eat it. No. If, if they educated, like, if we educated our kids to question these things and to read, would they go down to the, would they go to the cafeteria and buy all that food they're eating that's making them sick? No. Well, that's, that's one if of the They'd be too educated to do it. they go, wait a minute, you just told me that stuff is poisoning me. Now you're, now you're making me eat it for lunch? Now I'm putting chili on top of a grilled cheese? You just said that that stuff's linked to cancer. Well, I'll introduce you to the Physicians Committee Healthy School Lunch Program. It's a, it's yeah. a whole campaign that we've done. It's really impressive. It's awesome. Really impressive. Listen, when I was a kid, and, and we're roughly the same age. Roughly. Popeye was one of the biggest movies, Robin Williams and Popeye. Oh, yeah. And during that time period, you know what one of the top favorite kids' foods was? Right, right around cake and, and right, right, right position with cake and ice cream? Spinach. Spinach. Why? Because spinach was all of a sudden delicious? In comparison to cake and pie and all these, no, because the media message, because they're being programmed to think spinach makes me strong like Popeye. I want spinach. That's all it is. Now we program with with kids' cereals, which is just sugar, corn, sugar, sugar, corn, and sugar, with a little bit of fake coloring, some BHT to make sure that they have some neurological diseases. Just to make sure, in case the sugar and the... The corn and the red number four didn't get them. That's, the that's HT it. will cement that's it in there so we can say they have ADD or maybe they're a little, uh, you know, they have autism. We're not sure why it is. But here, contribute to the fun. Well, here, buy this. I love this one. Buy the, buy the pink yogurt that we've colored with red 40 so we can figure out what's giving everybody breast cancer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Could it be the dairy and the red 40? But imagine the Popeye thing. It's a fascinating, fascinating example of psychology. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if we invested all of that money in marketing in these healthier foods. Right. Imagine that. And, and here's the thing. This is a message I, I try to put out there, too. It's like, hey, big corporate America, like, I'm not coming after you. I'm saying you can make just as much money on feeding people healthy stuff and keeping them healthy and vibrant. Like, think of how better the workforce would be. Think of, you know, think of all, like... If we started marketing like happiness and health instead of unhealthy, unhappy, and unsafe, which is right now, and, and, I, and you'll hear me repeat this forever, because right now this is the model of the world, 
unhealthy, unhappy, and unsafe is the perfect consumer slave. And, and you'll buy things to be, feel safe, to feel healthy, to feel happy. Well, guess what? You can make money on he- healthy and happy people, too. They'll buy that mm-hmm. because that's all people want. Mm-hmm. But they, they know that, so, they, so they, they, they keep you, they want you to be anything but that because as long as you're chasing that, they have someone, they have a customer. I always say that happiness is a choice. It is. And therefore, being healthy is also a choice. And it's amazing how much those things are connected because, again, going back to that, we, we take health and we, we move it to the, the lower end of the totem pole of importance. And I had a conversation with a, uh, one of my ex's parents some years back. And they, were, you know, they worked very hard for their money. They lived in a very nice house. You know, they, drove, they drove a very expensive vehicle. They wore designer clothes. They, you know, uh, they were living the American dream. Uh, and whenever the topic of food came up, it was, well, it's so expensive. And yet when I'd open the pantry, I would see all the corporate consumer foods that you get all the coupons for. Every, you know, every seven different boxes. You know, boxes of kids' cereal in there, which mm-hmm. at three bucks a piece is $20 of absolutely no nutritional value, neg- net negative nutritional value. But it's too expensive to buy good food, but you just wasted $30 on food that's not good for you. But my question was, well, you like, you like a nice house, and you like a nice car, and you like nice clothes. Why don't you like nice food? Mm. Why, when it comes to food, you want the cheapest, easiest, bottom-of-the-barrel stuff you can buy? Why is that where you want to cut the corner when you don't have to? You obviously are doing well for yourself. Right. And you like all these nice things in life. But let me ask you the question. How good will you feel? How successful will you feel when you put on your designer clothes and you hop in your $50,000 vehicle from your half-a-million-dollar house and you're driving to your chemotherapy appointment because you didn't like nice food? Mm. That puts everything in perspective. And now, now where did your health move on, on, your, on your totem pole? It moved to number one. one. Always. Why not just move it up there before? Why not just move it up there beforehand? But, you know, that's just it. And you, you talked about kind of this vague prescription earlier for, well, I, I need to eat healthier, do more exercise. Yeah. Very few doctors even know what it means to truly eat healthy. Well, Be, because they, they don't even study it in school. It's not part of the, the medical school curriculum. Two and a half weeks out of four years on average? If that. If that. If that. And, and so being, they, being, mis, being miseducated? Right. And, and, that's, and that's the really kind of scary thing is that we're only now at a point where I feel like doctors are starting to open their eyes a little bit more about healthier ways of yes. eating. And, and what is you know, truly eating? You know, like a chicken breast... Not healthy. Who knew? Well, you know, cut out the beef. Healthier cut out than the bacon, pork. but sure, <laughs> everything's relative. Like, sure, well, a chicken breast is healthier than eating, you know, a, a greasy, you know, barbecued pork chop. Right. But it's not healthy. Right. But they're, they're not going to talk about the cholesterol that's in there. No. They're not going to talk about the link between that and diabetes right. and, and cancers and things like that because they don't know. They don't know. I, I told the story earlier, and I'll tell it again because it really is exactly what you're talking about. And, and just like parents, like doctors, most doctors don't become doctors just because they want to make money. They become doctors because they want to help people. Mm-hmm. Doctors should be very angry that they're being misled and they're being miseducated to not do that because they have to understand that as long as healthcare is a business, that there's no money in healthy people it's in people being sick. So they're not being educated on how to keep people healthy. They're being educated on how to treat people who are sick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, that, so there's that part. But my mother went to the doctor like uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, middle-aged people do and was told her cholesterol levels were becoming a bit of a concern. So let's make some changes to your diet and come back in a few months, and if things aren't better, we're going to give you the magic pill. 
So this doctor's advice was to eat more vegetables, get more exercise, and cut out the red meats and the pork and just eat chicken and turkey and fish. Sure. So as, as my mom's told me this, I obviously got angry because that's what I do. I always say ignorance is bliss. I'm usually angry. Uh, and, I, and I said to her, I said, well, I, I can foreshadow this and, and forecast what's going to happen. You're going to go back in a few months and you're going to be put on the pill. Because her, her advice to you was, was not sound advice. Because she's not educated to give you good advice. I right. said, this is the equivalent of you will go to the doctor and they say, listen, we ran some tests and you, we think you have a tumor on your lung. You may have lung cancer. We'd like you to come back in a month. We're going to monitor it and see where it's at. And if it's not better, then we're going to biopsy and we think you have lung cancer. In the meantime, try to eat healthier, get some more exercise. And, you know, instead of smoking those Marlboro Reds, I would definitely cut down and smoke Marlboro Lights or maybe, maybe all natural American spirits. <laughs> Right, the organic cigarette. If, if the, yeah, the organic cigarette, <laughs> right? If the doctor told you that, what would you, what would you tell that doctor? You'd probably tell him to get bent, right? You'd probably go like, would oh, you? Yeah. Or, or would you be, because well, you're okay. not educated either. No. I mean, we can so go down a really, so let's, really let's, deep let's, road let's, here, man. Let's connect this road. Okay. 30 years ago, Chuck, when we still smoked cigarettes in the airplanes and we still smoked cigarettes in hospitals, yeah. you would have taken that information and you might have done it. Sure. But the debate whether or not cigarettes kills you and gives you cancer has been long settled. And now there's a warning. And we don't even, doesn't mean nobody smokes, but nobody does it ignorantly thinking it doesn't give them lung cancer or kill them or doesn't have the potential, right? Right. Okay, well, we're still in that debate when it comes to cholesterol and dairy and meat. So now if the doctor told you this about cigarettes, you look at them like they're insane. Just like if you tried to light up a cigarette in a hospital. No matter what your health status was or your religion or your color or your sexual orientation, if you lit up a cigarette in a hospital, they'd all look at you like you're insane. What are you doing? Right. No question. But when you feed your kid a chicken McNugget or a glass of milk, we still have to go, wait, what are you doing? We're not there yet, but we're no. moving there. So, so the advice the doctor gave my mom was faulty, not because she's trying to mislead my mom, because she's been misled. So that's why I say if you're a doctor, you should be angry. And if you're a parent, you should be angry. Because the corporate entities that are making money on sickness are using you right. and your kids. Right. I'm an optimist, though. I, I always like to that see... That makes one of us, Chuck. It's <laughs> just got to balance it out here, man. <laughs> That's it. We're all, it's all balanced. Johnny Cash over there in all black, yeah. and here I am in my colors. There we go. Um, I always look at that as an opportunity, though. You know, because it's an opportunity to educate somebody, sure. to enlighten somebody who then can then take that knowledge and then pass it on to somebody and, you know, just pay it forward. So soon enough, you won't have to be angry anymore. Right. That's the way yeah. that I look at it. I, you know what? I've, I've, I've been able to dose it out and, and uh, the, the anger appropri- yeah. a little more appropriately as I'm getting older, you know, in the right direction. Mellow. You know, Mellow. But, uh, yeah. Mellow. You pick my spots be to be passionate super without being angry. But that's a whole other well, show, I, man. You know what? I think that's what it is, though. I think, you know, for me, honestly, and joking aside, I think my passion over the years has been misconstrued as, as uh, you know, aggressiveness or yeah. anger. Um, yeah. It's just passion. But you yeah. know what? You know what? In a society now where everyone gets angry about the things they, they really don't need to be angry about, words, people, people tweeted seven years ago that was offensive. We're yeah. offended by words now. Right. Um, there's things to really be angry about that we're that we're not paying attention to, and and, and uh, so sometimes you got to shout a little bit and, and, and shake people a little bit and go, "Are you not paying attention? Like you're angry about this over here, like words." Yeah. While meanwhile they're doing this. Right. Actions. Right. 
you know. But that's why it's so important for people like you who have this platform, you know, the Impact Wrestling Champion, a guy who's wrestled at WrestleMania, the belt collector, goes <laughs> all over the world collecting championships. One of the top pro wrestlers in the world. You want me stop, to keep going? Stop. You want Chuck, me to keep going? It off. I can go all day. And a man who's right, confident please. enough to wear sunglasses indoors at night. <laughs> uh, you know, you obviously you have a large fan base, and you're bringing to them this quality message, a healthy message. Because you and I both know we're we're in the same industry yeah. from different angles. Right. I cover it. You perform in it. But you look out in the audience, and you just see so many people that need help they don't have this knowledge the same knowledge that you and i are discussing now they don't have it i think that for me was what was one of the things that really drove me to start using the platform oh i I smell it we have a phenomenal spread here and this is not something that you will find in any arena i thought you were going to go to some questions i just want to talk about this food no no let's talk about this um cafe of india here in in dc i mean they just do it up big time like i'm i'm loving this we already had the lentil soup here before we started taping which is like a spicy cauliflower which is like hot wings Buffalo cauliflower wings or Gobi Manchurian is a great substitute if you're someone who likes uh, like spicy stuff like that, like me. See that? And, and that's the thing about going plant-based is you do kind of have to become this culinary genius or at least get yourself some culinary know-how yeah. because you're going to experience such a wide variety of foods at that point. Yeah, you know, lucky for me, I always kind of enjoyed cooking. I remember watching, remember Justin Wilson, Louisiana cooking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 right, right. So I remember as a kid, like I always kind of gravitated and watched that stuff. So I had an interest in it, which helps because I do like to cook, which again, when you go out to eat, you're taking really all the control out of your hands and you don't know all the ingredients that are in there. You don't know what's being prepared. Right. Um, so you have to make some concessions that way. And then that goes in the question when people go, oh, it's really expensive to eat healthy. Well, for most people, it's really expensive to have someone else do the work for you. And people right. want to eat conveniently. They want to put it in the microwave or just you know heat it up in 90 seconds. Right. And you're paying for that not just in the, in the price but also in the quality of your food. So the more you, you put a little time and one of your resources is your time and your energy, if you spend a little more of that making food, uh, you have a little more control and can get more bang for your buck monetarily than also nutritionally. Well, let's make control of the food in front yeah, of us and eat absolutely. it. So one of the great things that going plant-based did for me is I had to kind of uh, expand my horizons food-wise outside of what I grew up eating, which was like mac and cheese and hot dogs and pizza and burgers. The all-American diet. The all-American diet, the Midwest diet, right? Um, So yeah, I started being exposed to Ethiopian food and Indian food, uh, Middle Eastern food. I worked at a a restaurant called uh, Babani's. It's still still, in St. Paul. I recommend it if you're in, in the Twin Cities area, check it out. It's Kurdish food. And like some of the best stuff, which has been it's like a little Middle Eastern, like tabbouleh and uh, some different chickpeas, and, and but yeah, just delicious. But expanding my horizons beyond Taco Bell, so I'm going to be on the road for a while, you know, uh, over a weekend or you know a week or something. I just try to go find a spot, whether it's you know a little place like this or a Whole Foods or something like that, and go stock up for the week. And I was you know I always carry a little travel cooler with me. There's usually you know a refrigerator in your hotel room, so. Again, cost effectiveness. If you, when you get into town, go somewhere like like a, a grocery store and go buy some things, it's gonna be cheaper than if you eat every meal out for a week. For sure. You know, so for sure. yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you you just kind of brought that up. I'm curious. A guy that travels as extensively as you do, sometimes. I mean, I, I know the wrestler schedule. You guys are gone for weeks, sometimes months at a clip. 
I mean, how how do you prepare at that point? Because it's it's not feasible then to prepare two weeks worth of food, throw that in Tupperware, and then put that in your bag. Like you just can't do it. Well, it, it depends what what kind of food because. So again, I like Indian food. They they do you know lentils, uh, things like that. You can get prepackaged, pre-made, um, you know lentils, uh, chickpeas, things like that. And so I'll I'll usually always have I always have a pack or two of those just in my bag packed. It's like the emergency. Like if I'm, you know, it's yeah, it's three in the morning, everything's closed, I'm really hungry. I'll I'll bust out my dal, and I don't really need to even heat it up. It's already cooked. But I can even heat it up. I've done it with just the hot water from the, the, the uh, coffee maker. Ah. Put it in the sink and it just warms it up if you don't like it. But, you know, I'm, I'm not real picky like that. So, or always have some protein bars or bananas sure. uh, or, you know, protein powders or stuff to make a shake. Having some, you know, some nuts, almonds or cashews. Just always being prepared. Right. Because uh, even if you're not vegan and you're just trying to eat healthy and mindful, your options at two or three in the morning, and especially in some of these smaller towns, are really limited. So if you're relying on gas station food or or I mean, that's Wendy's, three o'clock in the morning, that's right? it. So so take take the whole plant based thing out of it. Just trying to eat quality food, even if you think you know animal stuff's quality, which we can argue that, and, and you'll lose. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the more control you have over what you put in your body, the better. So control it by packing it, controlling it by planning ahead. You know, you, you certainly wouldn't go on a, on a week's-long vacation and not bring any clothes. Sure. And just, oh, I'll just buy it there. But yet, you know, well, why not bring some food with you? Right. If you want, if you like nice food and you're not sure they have nice food where you're going, then bring some. Or, like I said, when I come into town, a lot, you know, early in my travels with wrestling, when I would travel with the group of guys, we're going to go find the Waffle House. Oh, yeah, or the no, chilies, no. or the Ruby Tuesdays, you know, which at least, you know, at, least, at least the old Ruby Tuesdays had a salad bar. But, um, you know, so now when I go into towns, I don't go to Waffle House. You know, I look up different places. I, you know, I'm going to look up what places have vegan stuff. And just so, I, so now it's been exposed to me a whole new cool places to eat, smaller cafes and things like that that normally I wouldn't have either. Love the Happy Cow, huh? Happy Cow's great, right? Yeah. yeah. And even just Google works too, you know. But happycow.net's great. But less, you know, not to that extreme, but that's something that I utilize, not just to keep it plant-based, but also to keep it healthy is like, I always have something on me every day, even if I'm not traveling, even if I'm just coming to work that day, I always have something healthy on me because you just don't know, man, you're going to need it. And you don't want to get stuck. You don't want to have to be in that vending machine trap. Cost effectiveness. Absolutely. How much, you know, how much is it going to cost you to buy, again, airport travel? Right. You know, I can bring a, bring a protein bar or a snack with me. That's going to cost me two or three bucks to buy. That's going to cost me seven or eight once I get there. Right. So I, one of the things that one of the top things people talk about is the, the price. It's so expensive, but I see a lot of people who aren't being very smart in how they spend their money. You know, because they're willing to spend on convenience and not and not planning ahead. And, and again, we talk about places you can go to kind of rob Peter to pay Paul when it comes to staying in a budget. I go to Big Lots mm-hmm. to find food, which people Big Lots, yeah, because I find a lot of good quality, organic, you know, plant based things there that sometimes are half the price that you would find it in your normal grocery store. Organic coffees, like a bag of coffee. I know you're not a big coffee guy, but I still uh, that's one of my crutches. Sure. But instead of spending 7 or $8 for a bag of organic coffee like you might, I can find it for half that price. So now if I can go take a trip there and save 30 or $40 on, 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 my, on my trip, I can go allocate that to the specialty items or the organic produce that people say they can't afford. Yeah. So it's about being smart. I would recommend uh, anybody who's uh, watching this or listening to this now head over to uh, the exam room 
uh, podcast page or pcrm.org slash exam room, look for our podcast that was called Vegan on a Budget. Mm. We took one of our nutritionists downstairs. We actually have a grocery store in our building. How great is that? Wow. Um, we did uh, that show, and she showed how you could fill up an entire cart with groceries, feed two people for an entire week for less than $45. I believe Unbelievable. And that was a full cart of groceries. We cleaned out the produce section, and, I mean, we had big old tubs of natural peanut butter. Uh, oatmeal, of course, is a go-to, some frozen produce. It was on the, on the table here, rice, lentils. Oh, absolutely. You know, chickpeas. Those things are really inexpensive, yep. and, and even more so when you buy them in bulk and you're willing to prepare them yourself as opposed to you know, taking them from a can. Right. It's amazing. The, the oh. upcharge that we pay for convenience is amazing. Amazing. It really but is. But we've, again, we've been programmed for the last, really after World War II, you know, with the invent- uh, you know <clears throat> bringing in the microwave, mm-hmm. invention of the microwave, and this, and this new lifestyle where... Both, you know, the mom and the dad both want to be in the workforce because really we've set a society up where you can't afford to live really on one income anymore. The old days of dad going to work and earning enough money to have two kids and a nice picket fence and the dog, like that doesn't exist. Nope. <clears throat> so <clears throat> we've had to sacrifice something and we, for some reason it's been our food, right? Well, it's convenient for the business model of making money on sick people that we compromise their health with food because we got them working so much to afford to buy things like health care. Oh. oh, how convenient. Again, you know, I'm just stuck. This industry that we work in, the wrestling industry, yeah. the people who go to these shows, and not all of them, but I just see so many faces in that crowd, and I think, man, Austin, they need our help. Sure. Because these are the people, and, and, and the whole idea about doing these shows is to educate people, and you and your book, and the lectures, the talk that you're going to do tomorrow night. It's all about educating people, opening some eyes. These are eyes that are already in the seats. They just need to be opened. They may be there to watch some wrestling, but you and I, we have this platform that you know we can capture them there and then hold their hand and kind of take them on this little bit of a journey if they're willing. Right. It, it, it just... And maybe not just for wrestling fans, but it's like... How do you start to really crack that nut, so to speak? How do you get people to really open their eyes? Because it is met with such skepticism. People get defensive because I don't think... A lot of people don't want to feel like they've been duped. They don't want to feel stupid. They don't want to feel like they've been misled and lied to. One of the things I hear a lot when I post things is, oh, vegans think they're so much better than everybody. Oh, you think you know everything. Like they think I'm on some moral... High ground. I'm looking down at them, and I'm, you know, you should be like me because it's so much better. And I think, and and that's where people get defensive. And two two parts of that. One, I ask them, well, why do you get so defensive over a, a lifestyle choice you never chose for yourself? It was chosen for you. Nobody at an age where you can make a decision said, "Now, would you like to eat animals?" And which animals would you like to eat? Right. Just these ones? Would you like to eat all of them? Just some? That was chosen for you. So why are you so defensive over something you never really picked for yourself? Um, and then you know the second part, that I don't think I'm better than you. I think that I learned better, right? Yeah. I've made better decisions with the information I have. So it's not that I think I'm better than anybody. It's just I think I... I, I I learned different information, and 
Yeah, people don't want to feel like they've been lied to, and, and so they get defensive. And, but it's not about being perfect. It's not about being better than. It's about being educated and, and taking control of your life and realizing, unfortunately, in the system we've set up, that this is one big business. We've left nothing, nothing is sacred. Education, healthcare, like everything is for profit. So the idea that corporations have the consumer's best interest at heart is silly. Yeah. Like they have, by law, have to have no conscience. They, they're only beholden to shareholders and profit. Sure. So stop thinking they have your best interest. Like, yes, they will, they will feed you poison. They can feed you just enough of it. They spend enough money to lobby that the government allows it because the, money, the government makes their money on it too. So, you know, but the control's in your hands, right? As you found out. Yeah. I mean, you... You are in control. 100%. 1,000%. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, we, we could talk about this for hours. I think that we're just going to have to do dinner again another time. Right. Um, Dessert. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you are uh, at... Twitter's just at Austin Aries. <clears throat> you know, Instagram... Stuff my middle name in there, Healy, at Austin, Healy, H-E-A-L-Y, Aries. And uh, my website, theaustinaries.com. Cool recipes on there. Got a couple recipes up there, you know. PB&J oatmeal is up there, isn't it? It may be. If it's not, it will be shortly. Which is, to, what you are, sent me that one. What a silly concept. Why did it take me so long to think of this? I had never thought about that. You sent it to me. I was like, oh, my God. It's so funny because I thought I was so late to the party, and then I tell people, they're like, oh my God, why not? I was like, you too? Oh my, I thought I was the only one. Not yeah, 72 hours ago, man. So, you know, traveling a lot, I uh, go on the Delta Sky Club, and here, here's one thing people don't think about real quick. I know we want to wrap this up oatmeal. So, luckily, there they make it with water. There's a lot of places and hotels that make it with milk. So now you just, you just t- you've taken oatmeal off the menu for me. Right. You know, like. And, and that's things that we don't think about, that it's in a lot of things that we're not aware of. But, yeah, so they, they make theirs with water, so it's vegan. And um, just think about, oh, I want to get a little protein along with that. or I, I'll throw a little peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly. And it was delicious. So there it is. Bro. Peanut butter and jelly oatmeal, secret of the day. That's a moment of genius. Yeah. That is right there. There it is. That is a moment so of genius. We'll leave it on the high note there. Austin Aries, awesome. thank you, my friend. Thank you, Chuck. Well, thanks for coming to dinner with us. Greatly appreciate it. You know, the food at the Cafe of India is just amazing. There are so many vegan options on the menu, and all of them are to die for. There is not a bad dish on that menu, I am telling you. And the best part is it's right up the street from the podcast studio and the Barnard Medical Center. So if you're ever in Washington and you make an appointment at the Barnard Medical Center, and I highly encourage you to do so, Go ahead and treat yourself to Cafe of India afterward, and you won't regret it. You know, at the BMC, you know, seriously, come register, make an appointment. You can meet with uh, so many people that we have on the show. Uh, dietitians Lee Crosby and Susan Levin, uh, Dr. Steve Niebuhr, Dr. Jim Loomis. The whole staff is there. They are ready to help you. And the best part, they take insurance. How about that? Uh If you ever are interested in in hearing a little bit more about a topic that we've discussed on the show, or maybe you want us to 
talk about something completely different. You have something in mind? Go ahead. Tweet us at PCRM or at Chuck Carroll WLC. That's Carroll with two R's and two L's in the WLC, standing for Weight Loss Champion. Last thing that I will ask of you is to subscribe to the show if you have not already. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a nice review so we can help get the message of the plant-based diet out even more than it is now. Thanks so very much for listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. We'll talk to you next time.